You're listening to Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trelowitz, part of CKCC Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. And now your host, Jeff Trelowitz. And welcome to the first official episode of the Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. My name is Jeff, and this is, of course, the home of all things spooky on CKCC Radio. Now, one of my absolute favorite places to visit is St. Augustine, Florida. If you haven't had a chance, I highly recommend it. It will be a topic of many discussions here on the Real Paranormal Talk podcast. Like I said, I absolutely love it there, and I've got plenty of stories to share. In fact, that's what today's episode is going to be all about. Let me tell you a little bit about the city before we get started. It was founded in 1565. It is one of the oldest cities in America. It is in the southeast part of Florida. The city itself has been under control of both the Spanish and the British over time. Going into St. Augustine, it almost feels like you're going back in time. To the point where there's even parts of the city that can't be traveled by car. You actually have to park your car and walk to. The streets are not wide enough for traffic. They're old cobblestones. So it really does feel like you're going back in time. Obviously there's modern restaurants. But there, some areas don't even have street lights. So it really feels like very few parts of this country... It's, there, are time, there are parts of it that are just not modern, and I think that makes the town stand out. Now, last week I briefly mentioned a trip to St. Augustine when I talked about the Bell incident, which to me is still one of the funniest paranormal stories ever. But we're actually going to get started with a real story, and this to me is one of my favorite paranormal things ever. If you go to St. Augustine, and again, I highly recommend that you do, I recommend going to the Talamato Cemetery. It is a very old-school cemetery, mostly military uh, graves, except for one. There is a young boy by the name of James P. who was buried there, and his, his grave is quite a few, quite a bit distant from the other ones. No one can really explain why. Well, there's a tree that is also near James's grave, and supposedly he likes to play in that tree. Now, one of the stories that you hear is that kids can see things that, you know, adults can't. Maybe, you know, it's always come down to it's an imaginary friend. Well, I witnessed something that was not imaginary. Me, my ex-girlfriend, and more on her later, and her sister were standing across from the Tolomato Cemetery when we noticed a family coming by walking from left to right. Now we were, like I said, across the street from the cemetery. They were on the uh, side of the cemetery. As it was a mother, a young child, and a grandmother. As soon as they got in front of the cemetery, the little child just started freaking out. We don't know why. There was nothing that would have, you know, gotten this kid's attention that any of us could see. The kid started wailing and flopping its arms and really being loud. To the point where me, my ex, and her sister all looked at each other and said, Are you seeing this? Well, we all 
clearly saw what was happening. Even the parent was like, what's wrong? And the kid was just screaming incoherently. As soon as they passed the cemetery and the gravesite, the kid stopped. Now, could it be, you know, an outside reason? Yes. However, it's just, it's too much of a coincidence. We believe that James was making his presence known to this child. Maybe we're wrong, but it's kind of hard to ignore that kind of reaction from that child. What do you think caused that child to scream like that? I'd love to hear your reaction. Now, I made several trips to St. Augustine when I used to live in Florida, and I always made sure that I paid a visit to James' grave. Just, you know, just to say hi. I know it sounds kind of weird and creepy to say hi to a ghost child, but I did it all the time. One time, I decided I was going to uh, do something different. And I decided to bring James a toy. What I did was I took one of those quarter bouncy balls that you could buy in those vending machines. But before I brought it, I painted it with glow-in-the-dark spray paint. Now, here's something to know about Talamato Cemetery. You can't just walk in there. It's, it is open to the public at times. It's open one day a week. The rest of the time, it is closed. And you can only see it from outside. It is fenced off with a gated... It's basically a giant gate with barbed wire on the top of the fence. So you can't just go in there. So... So on one of these visits, the first after we checked into the hotel, the first thing we did was we went and said hi to James. And I took the bouncy ball and I threw it over the fence and I photographed where it landed. Now, that night we had tickets to see to go into Ripley's Believe It or Not, which was right there in town. It was actually a guided tour through Ripley's Believe It or Not with where we were given K2 meters and other ghost hunting equipment to uh, see what we can find. Before we get started, though, we were all gathered in the big room. We were looking at all pictures that were taken by other people on similar tours of orbs and other things that were caught in this location. As we were just sitting there, I noticed my ex-girlfriend kind of twitch. Now, I didn't think anything of it at the time, and I probably should have. It was at that point that the tour guide then told us that there were two ghosts that were in this, that were known to be in this building. One of them was kind of an asshole and would like to, you know, screw with people. One was kind of a flirt. And he would like to run his hands up women's legs. Which is really weird. But, you know, it, some people are just weird that way in life. And they're weird that way in death. Well, a few minutes into it, they told us we could now explore the building. Which is exactly what we did. Me, in a place like that, given ghost hunting equipment, I'm like a kid in a candy store. My ex-girlfriend, who was not necessarily a big believer in it, but she, she had her, she did have her beliefs in it, kind of just followed me around, and she was just kind of dragging. And at one point, she pulled me aside, and she said, listen, 
I need to talk to you. And I said, yeah, what's up? She goes, I don't want you to think I'm crazy, but did you see me flinch during the presentation? And I said, yeah, what was that all about? And she goes, just answer me this. Was it before or after the tour guide said that the ghost runs his hand up women's thighs? And I said, it was way before that. Why? And now this was, you know, springtime, so we were in shorts. And she lifted her jean shorts up, and there was a thumbprint on her thigh. She goes, that's not mine. That's not yours. Of course, she's shaken. And my first instinct was to take care of her. So I said, all right, we're leaving. She goes, no, this is your thing. I said, no, no, we are going. You are clearly freaked out, and understandably so. Let's just go. As we start walking back to our hotel, which was less than a mile away, it started pouring rain. So we had to sprint. We get back to the room. She's still shaking. Because it's Florida, rainstorms don't last very long. And so I said, you know, the rain was over. It's probably about 1030 at night by now. And I said, I wanted to go and check the position of the ball that I had thrown at James's grave earlier in the day. And she said, the hell you're leaving me here alone. I'm coming with you. So we start walking and we get past the oldest schoolhouse in America. And then she lets out a blood-curdling scream. I have no idea why. I'm walking in front of her at this point, And I turn back to see what's up. And she started pointing up to the top of the schoolhouse and said that there's somebody looking down at us. And I look up, and sure enough, there is somebody there. And I try to use rational brain at this point and say, I'm pretty sure that there's an audio animatronic that's in the window. Let's not panic. We'll check it tomorrow. Let's just keep going to James's grave. I knew she was already shaken up based off what had happened. So we get to James's grave which is, again, about a mile and a half from the hotel. And I noticed that the balls moved again. The ball was not in the exact location I had thrown it. I compared it to the picture that I had taken earlier, and lo and behold, it's in a different place. So, yeah, we then hightailed it back to the room. Right before we left the next morning... We checked the schoolhouse, and yes, there was an audio animatronic, so that was just based off her nerves from earlier in the day. Still kind of funny, still not. And then we went and checked James's grave one more time before we left. And weirdly enough, the ball was in the exact same location where it was when I first threw it. So it moved, and then it moved back. And like I said, you can't just go in there you, unless somebody scaled a fence that had barbed wire on it just to move a ball. So, it's kind of a weird story if you think about it. And I, I can tell you, the next time I go to St. Augustine, one of my first stops is going to be to visit James. And now I have one more story from St. Augustine. And this time, we're going to go to the Castillo de San Marcos, which is an old Spanish fort, which is located just on the water. Uh, it's a beautiful place. I Again, it's one of the stops that I always make when I'm there. 
uh, I was there with, again, my ex-girlfriend and a good friend of ours. And there's a little crawl space that you can get into. So me and my friend decided to crawl underneath the wall to get in there. And my ex-girlfriend didn't feel like getting dirty, so she stayed on the outside. Me and my friend, we just, while we were in there, we started hearing these noises. And it took us a second to realize that what we were hearing was cannon fire. Now, yes, the Castillo de San Marcos still does have cannons on, on the roof. And hourly, they do light them off. However, when we were in there, it wasn't on the hour. And we even checked, with because we had the schedule, to make sure they weren't firing cannons at that point. So what we were hearing were phantom cannons. And so we shouted out to my ex, who at the time, like I said, was on the other side of the wall. She couldn't hear anything. We tried to record what we were hearing, but the cannon fire was just too faint, so it did not come out. But we both heard cannon fire that day. That was not happening. I was not a big believer in phantom sounds and things like that. Until I clearly heard cannon fire when there were no cannons going off. So what we heard was the residual sound of the Castillo de San Marcos under attack. And it was such a surreal sound. It felt like we both were like almost panicked at the point of what we were hearing. So what did you think of those three stories? Which were your favorites? Do you have any theories on what happened? I know I'd love to hear them. So thank you for listening to the Real Paranormal Talk podcast here on CKCC. My name is Jeff. Uh, in two weeks, when we're back with our next episode, we're going to take a look at, or actually, we're going to take a listen to some of the uh, sounds that I've captured on some of my investigations. Until then, thank you for listening, and have a great day, everybody.